Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Uh, it's just me today. Um, Brianna's doing wedding stuff. So I'm here with my friend Emily Cooper, and she's going to give us a rundown on how to manage small engines in your classroom and really make what seems to be a scary topic for some a lot more manageable for kids and you as the teacher. So Emily, why don't you start off by introducing yourself um, and talking a little bit about your program. All right, well, I'm Emily Cooper. Um, I used to teach at Fountain Blue Junior High, which is in Mandeville, Louisiana. It's seventh to eighth grade students, but I recently resigned to be a stay-at-home mom. I bet that was a hard choice for you. I'm, I'm about to have my first was, kid, so I know how it's it's hard it to was, love. So. It was a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, but um, it was definitely the best decision for my family. Um, but anyway, we had about 15, 115 students this past year, but I felt like because of the virus, like the participation was lower than what it would have been um but we're only like we only run 115 students because we're affiliated um and as far as like active members i would say 30 uh just because of how things were with the virus right and many people i'm sure listening totally understand where you're coming from um with dealing with COVID the past year uh, and just getting kids uh, involved. So let's talk about the classroom because although um, COVID made the classroom look a little different, we're hopefully moving forward. And I really loved how you tackled small engines in your classroom. So I was really excited that you wanted to share that passion with us. So let's talk about how you lay out your small engine unit. Okay, so normally like some things that I go over, I always go over safety first uh, with the kids, like some basic safety about small engines. And then I'll go over um, the small engines parts for that particular engine. Um, don't make the mistake like I did. So my first year teaching, I had pictures of, I think it was an 800 series Briggs and Stratton engine. And I had taken those pictures and I put them on a PowerPoint for the kids to use um, for ID. And then we had a 950 series engine and the parts looked a little bit different. So whenever the kids went to assemble and disassemble the engines, it was a little bit harder for them to, uh, to tell the difference between the parts. So always make sure um, that whenever you go over the parts that you you know have the right parts up with the pictures of the right engine on a powerpoint um the next thing i normally do is i go over the differences between like a two-stroke and a four-stroke engine 
I talk about how the engine operates and then I'll name the strokes. So I'll let the kids, like I do this little foldable thing. <clears throat> this past year, we had to do that digitally before everything went digital. We had a sheet of paper that we divided into four parts. And then on the front of the foldable, we would have like the name of each uh, stroke, which is, you know, intake, combustion, uh, uh, the last one is exhaust and then there's power. So, um, which is combustion as well. And then I don't know, I'm forgetting one. Compression, sorry, I knew I was forgetting one. So there's um, intake, there's compression, there's power or combustion, and then there's exhaust. And so all of those would go like on the, on the front of the foldable and they could open it up. And on the inside, it would tell them like what that particular stroke was responsible for. Um, and then where the piston was located at that time. And then uh, after we go over those things, uh, we typically will have like a test on the safety and the parts. So I make sure that the kids, uh, I make sure that they pass each one with a 90%. And the reason why is because if you just say, oh, well, you know, you're going to take a test and then they fail it and then they go to disassemble and assemble the engine, if they failed the test, how in the world are they going to know how to disassemble and assemble the right. engine, you know? So, yeah, and it gives them more motivation to, to study. And, um, and if they don't make that 90%, I kind of set them off to the side until they make that 90%, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't let them touch the engines until they make the 90% on the safety and on, um, and on the parts test. It's extremely important because you don't want them to damage the engines and you don't want them to take up so much time trying to figure out what to disassemble and assemble. Because if you say, I need you to disassemble, you know, parts, whatever to whatever, and in this class period, and they don't know what parts are talking about, you're going to be standing over that group for so long, <laughs> trying to tell them, okay, it's this one, you know, and then it's this one. So that kind of, um, helps like with management too and then of course like I was just saying you know after they do the the test on the safety and parts and they make like a 90 percent then normally uh, I'll let them assemble and disassemble uh, now with middle school especially I've learned that they do best if they see something done first um, especially whenever it's in the shop. So if they, like, for instance, I know we're talking about small engines, but if, you know, if I, if I wanted them or expected them to use the miter saw, I need to show them how to use the miter saw so they're not scared. Uh, so the same thing goes with small engines. Whenever, whenever you expect the kids to assemble and disassemble an engine, they need to see how to do it. So what I do is um, there's actually a YouTube video 
and it's a really, really good video. And I'll, I can share that link with you too. So other teachers can use it. Um, I found it and it's for the 950 series Briggs and Stratton engine. And the guy goes through, the guys go, the guy goes through um, all of the assembly and disassembly. So with this whole process, about how long do you think that takes you? Or like how much time do you spend with this group? So normally um, included in, in this time is the assembly and disassembly, also safety, uh, parts, all of the tests, everything. I usually spend about a month to a month and a half with middle schoolers. Um, and sometimes it could take a little bit longer depending on like how in depth you want to go with the students. And what, what age group are you implementing this with? So I'm implementing this with like 12 to 14 year olds every now and then 15 year olds. Um, and, you know, it's just those middle school students. Uh, and of course, with seventh and eighth graders, their attention span is very, very short. So I always break up everything into very small um, increments, lesson increments. So like 10 minutes, we do one thing, 10, 10 minutes, we do another thing, uh, so on and so forth. Awesome. Yeah, you're brave for doing it with middle schoolers, but I bet you they just love it. So, they do. Yeah, they do love it. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of your favorite resources? Because if I remember from your Instagram, which is where I saw this, this was not an air, a comfort area for you. So what are some resources um, that you use to help you teach this topic? Right. So I'm not an expert. I mean, obviously I'm not an expert. Um, I've used other teachers before. I've gone to trainings before. I went to a summer training last year. Um, my dad is also an ag teacher and he taught me whenever I was in high school. And I had learned how to disassemble and assemble the 800 series engine. I've never, I never learned how to do the 950 series. There were so many little pieces and parts that I had never dealt with before. I didn't know how to take the thing apart. Most of it, um, most of it is as far as like the functions of the parts, you know, those are all the same. But as far as how to take them apart and then put them back on the engine, it's in a different order. It's using different tools. So last year I went to a summer training uh, and that helped me a lot. And then of course, YouTube, like I said, there's a guy that goes through it step-by-step step, and I had the kids watch it. Um, whenever they watch it, they don't watch the entire video in one class period. There's no way because they will not sit there and listen to that for that long. So um, I usually have them like write down the parts that the guy's taking as he goes through the disassembly and then the assembly. Uh, 
So that's one resource I've used. I've used other teachers. Uh, and then of course the Briggs and Stratton instruction manual, it tells you like all of the parts, you know, how the thing goes together and how it works. Um, and honestly, there's a, there's an assembly list and a disassembly list that we made during that training that I went to. And having that list of the order um, of, you know, the order apart or the engine apart, uh, having that list right there really helps the process and it helps the kids a lot too. <clears throat> So what advice do you have for teachers who want to teach this, but they're inexperienced, they're not comfortable, um, they lack the confidence to do this? What would be your advice for them? Well, first thing I want to say is sometimes you just have to jump in um because my first year and I just kind of had to just go in the shop and I kind of learned with the kids the first time to be honest and you really can't expect yourself to be perfect and you know fully experienced as soon as you go in the shop with kids doing small engines you just can't expect yourself to be a perfect teacher the first time you teach this thing um so go in with giving yourself a lot of grace. Just make sure you give yourself a lot of grace as you, uh, as you teach this unit. So what I always do, um, ever since my first year, uh, I, I personally would take apart the engine fully by myself um, every single year. And, here in Louisiana, ag teachers work, or we're supposed to work like 12 months of the year. Uh, so we work, you know, all year. And of course the kids are not in our classroom all year. So we have some of that summertime to ourselves. And so every summer I would take apart the engine and then I would put it back together. And that was a great refresher for me. Um, before I would teach it that upcoming year. And something else too, you know, if you have the time to do it, make sure that you take it apart right before you teach the unit because it will um, remind you of like the little things that you need to help the kids with. Because if you are not, like if it is not fresh on your mind, some of the little tricks and some of the ways that you get the parts together, uh, then you're gonna have trouble helping the kids. So you need to be able to know how to do it yourself. I also recommend um, to go to a training if you can. So if it's available to you, uh, go to a training, make sure that you set aside time to disassemble and assemble the engine on your own to work through the problems like I was just saying. And then uh, earlier, you know, I had, I suggested that you make sure the kids have like a high passing score 
for, uh, for the parts and the safety test. So that way they can get their disassembly and assembly ticket. And um, that will save you a lot of headache if you require that. And then something else too that, you know, I highly suggest for a new teacher is don't make the mistake I did also in my first year. <laughs> don't make them write their hands off. Um, because whenever it comes to safety and parts ID and making a disassembly and assembly list by watching the video, that's a lot of writing. You're going to have to break up the lesson into like 10 minutes a piece for different sections. So what it looks like in my classroom is whenever the kids first come in, we do something called a bell activity and um, which is, you know, bell work. And sometimes I'll have up like a, like a matching PowerPoint slide and they have to match the parts to their names. Like they have to identify some of the parts. Like I have it um, to where they identify like five parts. And then they might also, like if they have a Chromebook, they could also like research a part and a function. And then after we do bell work and we kind of go over it, then I might do like a little bit of a lecture. So we might do like a, a T-chart with the differences between, you know, the two-stroke and the four-stroke engine, or we might work on our foldable that we started. You know, don't do everything at one time. Uh, like, don't do the foldable all in one day. Don't do the, uh, the parts and stay on the parts all in one day. Don't do, like, a big chunk of information all at one time because it's too much it's too much information for the kids to process um but you know what it would look like in my classroom would be the bell work a lecture for 10 minutes maybe watching the video for 10 minutes and they would work on doing their list and then uh we would do like parts review so I would flip through maybe 10 parts in a day or something and like I'll have candy ready and you know the kids can raise their hand and give me the the name of the part and then I'll throw the candy um and then we might do like a couple of safety notes and then yeah that would be pretty much uh the whole lesson for the day um something else too the last thing I want to tell an inexperienced teacher is whenever you get a classroom set of engines, do not expect them to be in perfect condition whenever you're done <laughs> because uh, the kids are going to lose bolts. They're going to over tighten things. They are going to put things where they don't go. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of a struggle, especially if you're doing this for the first time. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff missing. Like they have destroyed these engines. Like just don't go in thinking that they're gonna be in perfect condition. But you know, make sure 
that you hold the kids accountable and that you give them expectations and make it a really big deal if they lose something, like if they lose a piece or whatever. And I promise you that helps a lot as far as um, maintaining the condition of the engines. So that's pretty much all I have. I'm sure I could think of many more, but. <laughs> no, those are good. So let's talk about equipment and tools that someone's gonna need to teach this. And I know that the list can get super, super long. Obviously, I'm gonna keep it short. <laughs> yeah, obviously you need small engine tools, but um, right. what are the must haves uh, okay. in your mind? Okay, so. I wrote down, of course you need an engine. I recommend the 950 series Briggs and Stratton engine. I will say there are, there are like lots of little springs and things that the kids have trouble with um, on those engines, but apparently they're supposed to be better than the 800 series that Briggs and Stratton ever made. Uh, which I think is now discontinued. So the 950 series is supposed to be the best. Uh, so get you an engine, get you a classroom set if that is possible for you. Um, the next thing you would need a, a set of nut drivers, uh, air filler gauges. So those are the, that's what you would use to set like the rocker arms. Um, and then you would need like rags because of all of the, the oil that you're dealing with. Uh, mechanic gloves, if possible. Now, those are very expensive though. Um, so if you're not training for like a small engines team, maybe just like cloth, just the old cloth gloves would be fine uh, for the kids going inside of the engine because it's so sharp. Safety glasses, of course. Uh, a socket wrench set, a spark plug gap gauge, a spark plug wrench, and um, a torque wrench, which we didn't really use the torque wrench that much because with middle school, they're very careless about stuff. And so we didn't really run the engines whenever they were finished, like disassembling and assembling because of the safety issue that it posed. Um, so we didn't actually run the engines. But if you have one that you can keep in perfect condition, you can run one for the kids to see, you know, how it works. Or just, just so they can say, oh, yeah, we, you know, we ran an engine like we saw an engine run. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much like all of the things that I can think of as far as like the tools and stuff that you would need. I also recommend like a toolbox to keep all of those things in if you're able to get toolboxes uh, for the for the groups to have. Now I've taught engines and as these kids are taking things apart there's a lot of pieces and you've talked about pieces going missing. Uh, what what do you use what management do you use in your classroom to help students keep those parts organized <clears throat> okay so my favorite thing and honestly I don't even know how I came up with this <laughs> I think I was just walking through the dollar store 
and I was kind of looking for bowls at first and then I came across muffin tins and I was like oh my gosh muffin tins this would keep all of the bolts and the washers and the nuts and everything from going missing um now it's not foolproof like you're still gonna have stuff go missing but it really helps the kids so what I do is I get like a class set of muffin tins and at the bottom of the cups I label like the parts the part bolts that go there or you know or washers or whatever it might be and or the gaskets whatever and um and then the kids will put them in those little cups and that keeps them from rolling around on the table it keeps them from getting disorganized and it helps save a ton of time because whenever the kids go back to reassemble the engine they're able to grab those bolts and everything and put them right where they need to go and not have to guess and ask me what they are so that's really nice um now i just thought about this too whenever i was preparing for the interview so I was thinking about like for the linkage assembly, um, at least that's what I call it. I call it the linkage assembly and the engine. There's like these longer pieces and there's a couple that are spring. They have like a little spring in them. So there's a black one that has a spring and then there's a light, a very light, fragile silver uh, arm type of thing that has a spring in it. And, um, and the kids would always lose that little bitty silver one. So I, at least that was a big problem this year. So I think a really good thing for those to go in would be maybe like a pull out pencil box or a color box or something to put that in because that always goes missing. And if you put that in a muffin, 10 cup thing. I don't know what you would want to call that, but if you put that in the muffin tin, it's going to stick out and possibly fall out. So that's something that I think would work well. Um, and then of course, like the toolboxes that helps uh, keep up with the tools, you know, and I also, I put a toolbox list. I put it up on the board so all of my kids could see like what was supposed to be in their toolbox. Um, and then the last thing, of course, that I've talked about is a disassembly and assembly list. So, you know, don't tell them that you're gonna go over the list with them until the video is over. <clears throat> if you do decide to play the YouTube video of the guy like taking apart the engine, um, and they're, you know, writing down the parts to take off in the order that they that they come off. Uh, don't tell them like, oh, we're going to go over this whenever it's over, because if you do, they're not going to listen. <laughs> so make sure that you um, that you kind of like keep them on their toes and tell them, hey, if you don't have these steps written down, you're not going to be able to disassemble or assemble the engine. Um, so that could also be another management thing that you do to keep the kids uh, paying attention in your room during the classroom time. 
because, you know, they get so antsy. They just want to break down the engine. They want to break down the engine. But you have to constantly remind them, okay, look, you got to make a 90% or 80%, however you want to do it. Um, 90%, 80%, whatever on the safety test, on the parts test. And then I want to see that you have this assembly and disassembly list in the right order. Now, I don't, do I really check to see if it's the right order? Not really. <laughs> I don't have time to do that, but I do go around and I check to make sure that they at least tried to get it in the right order because whenever they are in groups and um, whenever they have each other, most of them will figure it, figure it out, especially whenever you go to uh, take some of the parts off. You can see that one part has to come off before another. Um, so it's a little bit common sense in some places. But anyway, uh, so that's just a few things that I do to like keep them organized. And I can understand it does get a little bit crazy with the bolts and the parts and, you know, everything going everywhere. Um, but that's what has worked for me. I love that. So you talked a lot about engagement already and, you know, breaking it up and chunking your lessons in your units. Are there any other things you use um, to keep students engaged while you're teaching small engines? Uh, honestly, I say it's a breeze. And the reason I say that is because the kids are ready for that hands-on experience. Um, I hardly ever have issues keeping the kids engaged, especially like whenever they're assembling and as I was saying, uh, engagement, I think is pretty easy because they want to get to what's hands on. And so I don't really have issues, um, especially whenever they are assembling and disassembling the engine. Um, and normally, you know, you could do just thinking of some other things that you could do like one thing that i would do whenever is a good is a good way to break up notes and oh yes yes um so during the disassembly and the assembly uh i normally this is something else i have not mentioned i don't know why i haven't mentioned it i don't know if i wrote it down or not but um i usually break up whenever they go into disassembly and assembly mode, I break up what they are doing into stages is what I call it. So I actually learned this trick from my dad. So for example, like stage one would be taking off the air filter, taking off or the air cleaner. Uh, you would take off the air cleaner assembly, then you would take off the control panel then you would take off the um, the gas tank and then the air cleaner base, the base plate. And that might be all that you put that is taken off that day for stage one. And so what you do is you put, okay, so for stage one, you tell the kids, this is what we're taking apart today. Like this is, these are the parts that were taken off of the engine today. And, um, they'll go through it and you'll be amazed 
it, especially with middle school, it will take them a long time just to take off those parts because they have to figure out, okay, I need this size nut driver. I can't use this tool. I can't do this to take off, you know, this part. Um, so they have to work through it as a group. And of course I'm walking around and I'm helping. And then whenever I see that there's like 15 minutes of class time left, I'll say, all right, y'all need to start reassembling. So wherever you're at in disassembly, wherever you are, you need to start reassembling. And so then they're gonna reassemble. And then the next day, depending on how that class is doing, um, then the next day they might move to stage two where they get you know, where it's added onto whatever they take off from stage one. So I break it up in stages because that's what's the easiest for me. Uh, and it really keeps them um, on, a, on a course, like instead of just going straight into the engine and looking at their assembly and disassembly list so they don't get lost, they can look up on the board they don't have, you know, they won't have their papers out or their Chromebooks out everywhere. And they can look up on the board and they can see, you know, oh, well, we, we need to take off these parts today. And um, that works really well. Uh, another way that I keep them engaged is you'll notice that once the kids get past, you know, most of the stages with disassembly and assembly, This episode is sponsored by ICEV Media. Their summer conference, CTE Inspired, has over 90 sessions to choose from in their 17 strands. Some of their session strands include ICEV Basics, Agricultural Science, Career Exploration, STEM, Technology in the Classroom, and so much more. Because of the demand for CTE Inspired, they have uh, two conference dates, July 27th through July 29th or August 9th through 11th. Depending on which sessions that you attend, you have the option of earning professional development certificates and digital a digital badge for those conferences. You can register on icevonline.com forward slash CTE inspired for this free event. So I had, yeah, so I would make like the Google sheet and I would have a different Google sheet for every class hour and, um, and I would walk around with my Chromebook and I had these standards, I guess, or expectations. I would have these expectations up um, so the kids could see them all the time. And I would monitor them. And while I was walking around, I would take off points. So this is what I did. So I would give them 10 points per day for assembly and disassembly. So they would get two points for their PPE being worn at all times. So safety glasses all the time, um, gloves, you know, whenever they were working inside of the engine. And then <clears throat> another 
two points would be working cooperatively together as a group. Another two points, um, the tool would be used for a specific purpose. That would be one of the two. And then not damaging the tools or engine purposefully would be another one. And then I have four points for responsibility. So the first point under responsibility would be to have a clean area whenever they're finished. Uh, they would need to have their tools and supplies back to their designated place, which hopefully the person who had that role would you know, do their job. And then the last one would be follow the assembly and disassembly steps. So the stages that I had up for that day, they couldn't go beyond two. So that was another two points. So overall they would get 10 points per day. And so if you did this for five days, it would end up being like an exam grade, you know, for most schools. Um, <clears throat> so it ended up being like 50 points. Awesome. Well, those of you listening, Emily has shared a lot of great resources with us. So definitely check out the show notes. Um, Emily, I want to thank you again for being here. This is fabulous. I really need to sit down and, and think about all the improvements that I need to make to my own small engines unit. So I really <laughs> appreciate um, all of these tips because there's so many things in here that I didn't even think of. So thanks again for being here. Oh, do y'all? Do y'all have, um, this is just like, you know, me and you here, but do y'all have like 950 series? Is that, is that the kind y'all have too? Or is it a different series for Briggs I, and Stratton? Uh, I don't, I got mine from a Briggs and Stratton training. So I don't remember what series mine is. Okay. Um, but I know some programs have a mismatch of engines, which always provides complication, but um, mine are all the same engines. So at least whatever series they are, they're all the same engines so the kids can at least get help um, from, yeah. from each other. Right, yeah, that's important. Okay, well, have you taught it yet? Have you taught it before? Um, I've, I've taught it um, a couple years ago, but then my classes change all the time. So it's been, it's been a few years, so. Okay, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, but. Awesome. No, but thanks again for being here. Um, everybody listening, make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram and check out our show notes for all of Emily's um, great uh, tips and tricks and resources that she shared. And if you haven't already, check out the uh, giveaway that we're having on Here by the Owl podcast social media sponsored by ICEV Media. Well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure.